Welcome to Storytime with Shining Nathan. This is a comfy space for you to be able to sit down, relax, and enjoy a story told to you by your gay auntie. If you haven't yet, please feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Shining underscore Nathan. And we are a subscription-based model, so if you like what you hear, please go to patreon.com forward slash Shining Nathan. Now grab yourself a snack, something to drink, and get all cuddled up for some fantastic tales. Hello, sweet peas and sugar dumplings. This is your gay auntie. And once again, we are continuing our trip down holiday stories. And this time, I have a very special treat of one for Kwanzaa. Actually, we're going to have a two-for-one special this time because I reached out to someone who is an expert on folklore. Their name is Ishu Bumpus. Before we continue on with the rest of this recording, I would like to note that there are several points throughout that I refer to Eshu as Ishu. That is a mispronunciation on my own part during the initial recording of this episode, and I would like to apologize. The proper pronunciation is Eshu Bumpus. Thank you so much. Let's continue on to the rest of the recording. And he has a fantastic website called issue.folktales.net of a lot of folktales regarding Kwanzaa and much more African folktales as well. Now, thankfully, I have his permission to create this and move forward. I'm also going to include a clip of one of his tellings of another tale. Now, today, I'm going to be reading the story of the three tests. Now, before I start the storytelling of these two different stories, I want to give you a little bit about the holiday of Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is derived from Matunda Ia Kwanzaa, or First Fruits. It's a celebration of the legacy of African descendants of the diaspora and promotes the unification of Pan-Africans using seven guiding principles. Nungunzo Saba, represented by seven candles of the Kinara. So get all snuggled up, get your treats and your snacks and whatever you want to drink, and enjoy the story of the three tests, presented from Ishu Bumpus. Once long ago, three tigers came to Africa. They went to the country of the animals and made this terrible announcement. From now on, this land will be ruled by the tigers. We are, after all, the strongest, fastest, and wisest of all animals. Therefore, we are the only fit rulers, they claimed. A little mouse spoke up from the crowd. But we have a council where we make our decisions together. We don't need or want any ruler. One of the tigers let out a roar so loud and fierce that the poor mouse started running and didn't stop until he was in the land of the humans. To this day, he lives in the houses of humans. Her cousin, the field mouse, misses her terribly. The other animals didn't like the idea much either, but they looked at those tigers' big claws and sharp teeth and were afraid to speak. These tigers are even bigger than the lion. We will collect taxes and we'll also change the name of this country. From now on, this will be Tigerland and you will call yourself servants of the tigers, they said. Finally, 
Anansi spoke. Great Tigers, it is clear that you are strong, fast, and wise. But just so that everyone know for sure that you are stronger, faster, and wiser than anyone else, let us have a contest, Anansi suggested. The Tigers liked the idea, so Anansi continued. Let us prepare ourselves. Then tomorrow we'll choose someone to compete against each of you. So the tigers left, and the animals held a private meeting to discuss what to do. The next morning the animals were ready. The tigers came to the council circle. The strongest tiger spoke first. Who will compete against me? he asked. I will, said the tiny voice of the field mouse. The tiger laughed until he cried, This will not take long. <laughs> and who will race me? roared the swiftest tiger. I will, said the tortoise. <laughs> this is no contest at all, shouted the tigers. Hare told the third tiger, I will bring you to the home of the owl. She is the wisest of all creatures. We will see, said the tiger. First was the contest of strength. The field mouse brought the tiger to a large clearing. They each stood at one edge of the clearing with one end of a rope. Between them was placed hundreds of big thorn bushes, when she gave a signal of two short tugs on the rope, the tiger was to start pulling. The loser would be dragged across the thorns. The tiger laughed at the little mouse and said that he was ready. She gave the signal, and the tiger began to pull. What he didn't know was that behind the field mouse standing in the forest was a great bull elephant holding on to the rope. So while the tiger pulled on one end, the elephant pulled on the other. The tiger got dragged all the way through the thorn bush and yelling, Ouch! 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 All the way. If this is how strong the mice are, I would hate to see what the other animals can do, he shouted. Next was the race. The tortoise brought the fastest tiger to a five-mile stretch of road in the forest. At each mile marker, one of the tortoise's cousins was hiding. To the tiger, they would all look alike. <laughs> when the race began, tiger went zooming away, leaving the tortoise in its dust. As he was coming to the first mile marker, the tiger was laughing to himself. How could a tortoise think he could outrun me? <laughs> he said. And just then, tortoise came out from his hiding place behind the mile marker. What took you so long, Mr. Tiger? He asked politely. Tiger was shocked. How did you get here so fast? He screamed. Tortoise didn't answer. He just slowly plodded off towards the next marker. The tiger zoomed past him and ran at top speed to the second mile marker, only to find Tortoise sitting there waiting. Do I really thought tigers were faster than this? 
he said, sounding very disappointed. I'll beat you yet, shouted the tiger as he sped to the next marker. At this third marker, Tortoise was sitting down playing a game of Moncala with Anansi and laughing with how easy the race was. Tiger couldn't believe his eyes. At the fourth marker, Tortoise was asleep, snoring loudly. Tiger sped past him so fast that he left the tortoise spinning like a top. Finally, Tiger was racing toward the finish line. Tortoise was nowhere in sight. Tiger was running at full speed. Nothing could stop him now. Yet, as he got closer to the line, he noticed a little round thing sitting there. It must be a rock, he told himself. But as he got closer... He saw that little head and those four little legs, and he knew Tortoise was already there. It's impossible, he screamed, but no matter how much he screamed, it didn't change the fact that Tortoise had won the race. Now the hare was bringing the third tiger to the home of the wise old owl, but the hare kept complaining of stomach pains, and they said he couldn't walk very well. Can't you get someone else to show me the way? said the tiger angrily. Well, I'm the only one who knows the way, whimpered the hare. It's a secret. Tiger was irritated. Then you'll just have to ride on my back, he said. They rode on for a little while, but the hare kept letting himself slide off the tiger's back, so they weren't making much progress. If you bring me to my house, I can get my saddle, hare suggested. That way I won't slip off. So the tiger brought the hare home and let hare put a saddle on him. If you let me use these reins, hare continued, I can steer you left or right without talking so much. I have a sore throat, you know. <laughs> Tiger agreed. Then the hare went into his house and came out wearing spurs and carrying a whip. Wait a minute, said Tiger. What's all that for? Oh, I just wear these spurs for show, hare said. And the whip is so I can keep the flies off you while we're riding and giving me the ride. Okay, said the tiger, but be careful. So they rode on, but not to the owl's home. They went right to the council circle. All the other animals were gathered there. When Hare came in sight of the other animals, he dug his spurs into the tiger's side and snapped the whip against the tiger's backside and yelled, Giddy up, horsey! That tiger went jumping and howling through the crowd, looking about as foolish as a fool can look. All the animals laughed and laughed, and the other tigers were so embarrassed that they pleaded with the hare to stop. The hare got off the tiger's back and took his saddle and reins. Those tigers agreed never to come back to Africa again. That's why, to this day, there are no tigers in the forests of Africa. And everyone got along fine in the lands of animals were everyone as equals. No kings, no queens, no rulers.
I hope you enjoyed that delightful tale. And up next, with permission from Ishu Bompus, I have his recording of the wonderful story of Nyangara the Python. It is from a collection uh, done by Hugh Tracy. And this is going to be told with by Ishu Bompus with permission from Paul Tracy. You can find this story, the Nyangara the Python, in the book Lion on the Path. Now, let's enjoy the wonderful storytelling of Eshu Bumpus. Good morning, everyone. Very happy to be here with you today. My name is Eshu Bumpus. So you could call me Eshu or Mr. Bumpus. Either one is fine. And I'm a storyteller. And I tell a lot of African and African-American stories, especially stories that have songs. Sometimes they're sing-along type songs, sometimes they're call-and-response type songs, which means my part is different from your part, and we have to practice the song first. So since right now it's kind of hard to do call-and-response, um, I've recorded some of the songs so that, uh, so that you can hear the other part. And maybe you can still sing along with it in your classroom, okay? So I'm going to start with a story song from Zimbabwe because Zimbabwe has some of the most beautiful songs in their stories. And this one's called Nyangara Chena. Okay? And th those are the words you would sing. Nyangara Chena, Nyangara Chena. And this is what it sounds like. Nyangara Chena, Nyangara Chena. So you see there's two different parts and that part is the part that you would sing, okay? So when you hear that, you can sing along with it. You don't have to turn your microphones on, but just sing along to yourself, okay? As I said, this is a story from Zimbabwe. It's a story about long ago, there was a king who was loved by all of his people. But he was especially loved by the children because he always answered their questions. But one time, his king got very sick, and it seemed there was nothing anyone could do to cure him. So one day, the men of the village went to see him, and they said, We've tried everything we know, but now you must tell us if there's anything we can do to help you. The king said, The only one who could heal me now is Nyangara. The python. Now you know a python is a very, very big, long snake. Nyangara the python is the only one with the power to heal me now. But someone has to be brave enough to go to the top of the mountain and get Nyangara and bring him down here. The men said, we're brave enough, but you have to tell us how to do it. He said, well, here's what you do. You get a big pot and fill it with water from the river. You climb up to the top of the mountain and you stand in a long line outside of Nyangara's cave and call to him. Nyangara will come out of his cave and he'll climb right up onto your shoulders 
so he can stick his head down in the pot to drink the water. And while he's on your shoulders, you can carry him down the mountainside. The men said, we're brave enough to do this. And they went and got a big pot and they filled it with water from the river. They climbed up to the top of the mountain and they stood in a long line outside of Nyangara's cave and they called to him like this. Nyangara, Nyangara, come out. Our chief is dying. Nyangara began to uncoil. <coughs> he began to slither out of his cave across the sand. Shh, shh, shh. He climbed up onto the shoulder of the first man, crossed to the second and the third and the fourth, and they could feel Nyangara's weight on their shoulders. They could feel Nyangara's cold breath on their necks. And those men became so frightened, they dropped that pot and ran down the mountainside as fast as they could. They had to go to the king and tell him, Nyangara was too frightening. We were too afraid. We could not bring him here. So the king said, then perhaps I will die. The next day, some women of the village went to see the king. They said, we've tried everything we know. Now you must tell us if there's anything we can do to help you. The king said, the only one who could heal me now is Nyangara the python. But someone must be brave enough to bring Nyangara down from the top of the mountain. The women said, we're brave enough, just tell us how to do it. So he told them, get a big pot and fill it with water from the river. To climb up to the top of the mountain and stand in a long line outside of Nyangara's cave and call to him. And then they must let Nyangara climb up onto their shoulders so he can stick his head down in the pot to drink the water and they could carry him down the mountainside. The women said, we're brave enough to do this. They got a big pot and they filled it with water from the river. They climbed up to the top of the mountain and they stood in a long line outside of Nyangara's cave and they called to him, Nyangara, Nyangara, come out. Our chief is dying. Nyangara began to uncoil and he began to slither across the sand. Shh, shh, shh. He climbed up onto the shoulder of the first woman, across to the second, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth. And they could feel Nyangara's weight on their shoulders. They could feel Nyangara's cold, cold breath against their necks. The women became so frightened, they dropped that pot and ran down the mountainside as fast as they could. When they got to the bottom of the mountain, they had to go to the king and tell him, Nyangara was too frightening. We were too afraid. We could not bring him here. So the king said, Then perhaps I will die. As the days passed, the children of that village had a lot of questions. So they wanted to see the king, but the parents told them, The king is dying. We can't bother him now with a lot of questions. But the children said, If the king is dying, this may be our last chance to see him, so please let us go and see the king. And the parents agreed, and they brought the children to see the king. And the children had a lot of questions. But since they loved the king, of course their first question was, How can we help you? Since he always answered their questions, he told them, Someone must be brave enough to bring Nyangada the python down from the top of the mountain because he's the only one who could heal me now. The children said, we're brave enough, just tell us how to do it. So he told them to get a big pot, 
fill it with water from the river. Climb up to the top of the mountain and stand in a long line outside of Nyangada's cave and call to him. And then they must let Nyangada climb up onto their shoulders so he can stick his head down in the pot to drink the water and they could carry him down the mountainside. The children said, we're brave enough to do this. They went and got a big pot and they filled it with water from the river and they began to climb up the mountain. But on the way up the mountain they stopped because they said, Young God is going to be very frightening and we're going to be afraid. So to help us keep our courage, we must make a song. Young God began to sing. children climbed all the way to the top of the mountain. They stood in a long line outside of Nyangada's cave and they called to him, Nyangada, Nyangada, come out. Our chief is dying. Nyangada began to uncoil and he began to slither across the sand. Shh, shh, shh. He climbed up onto the shoulder of the first child, across the second and the third, and they could feel Nyangada's weight on their shoulders. They could feel Nyangada's cold, cold breath against their necks. And the children became so frightened, they said, We better keep singing. Nyangada climbed all the way across their shoulders and he dipped his head down in the pot to drink the water and the children slowly carried Nyangada all the way down the mountainside. When they got down to the bottom of the mountain, they went straight to the king's palace. Nyangada climbed down off their shoulders and up onto the king's bed and he wrapped himself around the king's head. Then Nyangada whispered in the king's ear. The king sat up in his bed. He was completely cured, completely healthy. And he thanked the children who had been brave enough to bring Yangada to him. But then he told them, now you must bring Yangada back up the mountain. The children again filled that pot with water from the river. They let Yangada climb onto their shoulders. And as he did, they sang their song. Young 
children carried Nyangara all the way to the top of the mountain. Nyangara climbed down off their shoulders and slithered back into his cave. Shh, shh, shh. And then the children dropped that pot and ran down the mountainside as fast as they could. And when they got down to the bottom of the mountain, all the people had gathered to hold a great celebration for the children who had been brave enough to save the life of the king. And that's the story of Nyangara, the python. Thank you very much, Eshu. And I would love to give a very heartfelt thank you to Eshu for allowing me to read the segment of the three tests and for allowing me to use this section of the video that he, where he is telling the story. This was a fantastic experience to learn more about another beautiful culture and for us to explore about learning about one another to bring us closer together. As always, I'm so happy y'all are here. And if you want to read more of these stories that have been collected by Eshu, you can go to eshu.folktales.net. As always, thank you so much and I'm so glad y'all are here. You have a wonderful day, and remember, drink your water and have happy holidays. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Storytime with Shining Nathan. If you did, remember to subscribe and feel free to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to support this channel and your gay auntie, go to patreon.com forward slash Shining Nathan. If you have any suggestions on pieces we can read, Feel free to email us at yourgayauntie at gmail.com. Remember, you are loved, you are fully valid, and we're so happy you're here. You take care of yourself. <laughs>